he had done too much. Oh, Jesus did it again. We are going to hear that over and over and over and over again from each other. When we thought he had done too much, oh, he did it again. Oh, come on. When I thought that he had done too much, oh, Jesus did it again. I'm counting my blessings. I'm counting my blessings. I just can't keep it to myself. When I thought that he had done too much, oh, Jesus did it again. I'm counting my blessings. I'm counting my blessings. I just can't keep it to myself. When I your mighty, awesome, majestic name. We worship you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Speak to us, O God. May none of us leave the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let, let, can you get that uh, move, move, uh, move you, move your heart? I want to just get some verses in, in that. Let's get the words. We are not going to sing it, don't worry. I just want, we've sang it the whole way. But it's a powerful song. But um, when we are singing it, let's keep, I, I, there were certain parts that got my attention. Okay. Uh, that I have found none on the earth nor heavens above that I have found more beautiful. That most people can accept that. Go back, please. You are my treasure and my reward. Is it money that is my treasure and my reward or Jesus? Hallelujah. So let's continue. Next. I just want to move your heart. Okay. Paul, my lover, no, no matter how much the cost, I freely give it all to you, all to you. Is that what happens? Do we, no matter how much the cost, so I was thinking about it, because no matter how much the cost, do we freely give everything to him? So as we are singing it, we have to reflect on that. Next, next one. <laughs> yes, just continue. This is not the message, so let's be here. Jesus, my offering, all my ambitions. So my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams about whether it's whatever you want to achieve, all our ambitions. Our, the plans, our dreams, our achievements, our goals. We are telling Jesus as we are singing that, and here's my life, Lord, a sacrifice. So meaning that I, I, I'm willing to sacrifice as an offering all my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams. Next. That's the worship in truth, spirit truth. And I just want to move your heart. Get caught within your gaze right here in your presence, God, is where I want to stay Oh, just to dwell in your house. Okay, those who don't like going to church, that verse will not apply. Oh, just to dwell in your house. Waste my hours and my days on you. That will not hold. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to, yes. Is it a fragrance? I'll pour my oil out. Is it a life laid down? Do, is, it a, is it a life laid down? Then here I give my vows. 
So it means that we are telling God that we are willing to lay our lives down and we are giving our vows to him. Is it a song I sing? Then he has every melody. Hallelujah. So as I sing the songs, I think about it. And if it is not working, then I say it's not working and I pray on it. But we have to be genuinely practical and search ourselves. Is this for real? Is this me? Amen. Let me take our seats in the presence of our Mashiach, Jesus Christ. You can put your hands together. Yes. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue. We've been talking, we've spent some time on the most important things to develop in yourself. There was a pastor who was preaching on a topic, and I think it was like five months, four or five months, and then one of the members came to him, this is a true story, and said, Pastor, it's not me, but one, one person I know, Pastor, I beg you, we are full, we are tired, please change the message, we, we are about to throw it out. <laughs> hey! Mercy. Hallelujah. But we'll continue. I'm not sure what's happening. Amen. So the most important things to develop in yourself. Number one, the cryptos man. Then we read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, we should be without blame, our spirit, soul, body. Hallelujah. And then Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we know it. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of joint and marrow and of the soul, uh, the, the soul and the spirit. And it's a, 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 what? a, a discerner. Okay, let's read it here. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two just sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it's able to divide the soul, the spirit, the joint, and the marrow. So we're going to talk about the importance of developing our spirits. The first important thing to develop is our spirits because we are saved through our hearts. And another word for your spirit is your heart your inner heart, your inner man, the cryptos man. So it is through, we, our, our spirits are the ones that are saved. My soul is being saved. My body will not be saved. That's why I have a glorified body. But my spirit is, being, is, is saved when I give my life to Christ. Hallelujah. So it means that my spirit, which is my heart, is the most important part of me. So I must take it very, very seriously. Amen. Because faith is also of the heart. With the heart, we believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 7 to 10. Let's read Romans 10, 7 to 10. Oh, who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith he? It, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe, and shalt believe in thine heart, believe in thine heart, or in the spirit, that, because it's not your pumping heart, 
that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So condition for salvation is believing that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God, he died on the cross for our sins, his blood was shed for our sins, and God raised him from the dead. But the key ingredients are believing Jesus is Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But the key is with the heart man believeth. So salvation starts when we believe from the heart. Hallelujah. Then we talked about the qualities God wants from us. Then how to develop the human spirit. Before then, we talked about the spiritual babyhood, the spiritual babyhood stage. First Peter 2.2. 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Then we talked about the childhood stage. Ephesians 4.14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So children are those who are just carried about. Hallelujah. Then we talked about spiritual adulthood, which will be found in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, or that are mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So by doing the right thing by being able to hear the voice of God, know the voice of God, by practicing the word and obeying the word, they have their, their, their full age and maturity. And, they, and that's because they are in the word. They are able to, by reason of use and continual use and, uh, 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 how do I say it? I mentioned it, yeah, continual use and practicing, we will be able to have our senses exercised because of continuous practice of the word and obedience to God to discern both good and evil. Then we are now, uh, yes, so we are now going to talk about how to develop the, your human spirit or your spirit. But it is very important for us to know that there are different foundations for life. And based on the foundations people choose, they get certain results. There are foundations that do not talk about our origins or our future. There are foundations people have that are for different reasons and they affect us differently. For example, we have the foundation of theories that some people have made. Darwin's theory of evolution and the Big Bang theory. Uh, uh, these are theories that many people live by. Many human beings have witnessed to people and some, many people have said, I don't believe in uh, religion, I believe in science. I don't believe in religion, I believe in uh, uh, evolution. I don't believe in religion, I believe in the Big Bang. Many people live their lives based on theories. Then we also have ideologies and personal beliefs of people. That's where we get Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, and some of the different religions and different areas. That's because uh, there are some people who, by reading the Bible and misinterpreting it or reading whatever, they are able to get different ideas and ideologies, and then they hold on to them, and people live by them. Then we have some people's personal beliefs. I was witnessing to a guy, and the guy said, well, I don't believe in one truth. I believe in relative truth. My truth is different from your truth. Everyone has their truth, and no one should, should disregard another person's truth. I have my truth, so it's relative truth. 
the truth is relative uh, uh, and changes depending on who it is? Then I asked him a question. So what about if your, your relative was raped and murdered and killed? All of them. And you saw them and that person said, this is my truth. My truth is that the way they, they, they behaved, they were rude to me. I didn't like them and therefore I did this. That is my truth. Is that going to be acceptable to you as uh, since it's relative truth you are talking about? And that the, there's no one truth. There has to be one truth. And that truth is where we have even the Ten Commandments and many of the laws, jurisprudence, and many of the laws of the world are based on the Ten Commandments and the, and, the, and the commandments in the Bible. So if the person is saying that there's relative truth, so I asked him, this is this person's truth, that the way they, be, uh, they were maltreated or they were uh, 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 defrauded, he decided to rape and kill the, the woman. What, what do you say about that? Is that truth? Then the person was confused. No, it's not truth. No matter what a person believed, it is never truth. It is evil. It is wrong to rape and to kill. It is unacceptable in every way. So how can you say that is relative truth? And that person was quiet and said, that's, that's, a, good, that, that's a good question. I need to think about it. I said, of course, please think about it. <laughs> so that is personal beliefs. Many, there are many personal beliefs. And then there is the foundation of Jesus Christ as revealed in the word of God. And what the Bible says, that's the, 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 the fourth I'm talking about. Now, I'll repeat that one. The foundation of Jesus Christ as revealed in the Bible. What I mean by that is, and, and, and what the Bible says. And that's very important because many times, so if you have one, the theories, the ideologies, and the beliefs, you end up in shame and disappointment and everlasting contempt. I don't know if I'm hearing, you're hearing what I'm talking about. But the fourth, which is the foundation of Jesus Christ, all that is connected to the heart. Because many people's ideologies are in their minds or their heart. But you cannot believe with your mind. You can't believe that Jesus rose from the dead with your mind. It's not going to work. You, you can't just say, I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son. He died for my sins. His blood was shed for me. And God raised him from the dead based on my thinking and it's not in the heart you're not saved there because trust me there are many christians who when you ask them do you believe jesus is god ah, he could be maybe i think so uh, uh, let me say christians do you believe that jesus rose from the dead possibly but you never know you are not a christian there's no one who is a christian who does not believe if you be if you don't believe jesus rose from the dead Hallelujah. And in our witnessing and outreaches, you, have, you meet all sorts of people on outreach who, who, who actually say that, no, uh, it's possible that he, he didn't die, but uh, he was in a coma and uh, he was raised up. That person is not, no matter what they do, they can never be saved. What do you think? Very, very important. So, and, and, and it's very important because who, which Jesus... Because there are many people who also misinterpret scriptures to suit their needs. And sometimes they, they, they force scriptures to say what the scriptures are not saying. Hallelujah. They take a, a scripture out of context to get people to do what the Bible doesn't say they should do. I don't know if you get what I mean. We have uh, the, the cult, Waco, Texas. We have Jim Jones. He, they were twisting the scriptures to let the scriptures say what the scriptures were not saying. 
So we are not just taught. That's why the foundation of Jesus Christ as revealed in the word of God, the true word of God. Look at 2 Timothy 1, uh, 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I want to encourage us and all of us watching that is very important. God is going to hold us accountable to rightly divide the word of truth. If you don't rightly divide the word of truth, or someone is speaking and they are not rightly dividing the word of truth, if I am preaching and I'm not rightly dividing the word of truth, then you shouldn't take it. So there, there are two things. One is, what is the Bible saying? Number two, is it being interpreted appropriately or I'm forcing it? Very, very important. Because the Bible says in the last days, there will be many scoffers, there will be many people who will be deceiving. Let's, let's, let me show you a verse. Um, look at 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Because what you believe affects what you do. What do you think? Very, very important. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead, the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, re reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. So you see that Apostle Paul is telling his son Timothy, a pastor, to do three things. One is reprove. Let's look at this in NLT. Is a reprove a nice thing? Uh, oh, how did we get to verse 4? Please go to verse 1. Second uh, Timothy 4. Yeah, 2. Thank you. Preach the word of God. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct. Rebuke. And encourage your people with good teaching. So, the, the nice one is how, uh, what percentage? One third. There are three. One is correct, one is rebuke, one is encourage. The encourage is what? One third. The correct and rebuke is what? Two thirds. By a lot of people, when they, what they hear is uh, actually 90% is what? Encourage. But that's not the Bible. The Bible says correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. So you and I don't always look for the sweet stuff. That's what the Bible says, the meat of the word. Don't just look for the sweet. Oh, uh, I, I, there was a lady who uh, uh, I, I called some time, and she said, oh, I have to hear this guy who is preaching because the, uh, his preaching will, will encourage me, will give me a high. I need that fix before I, so I can, I, can, I can survive the day. And I'm like, Wow. That's nice, but what about, let, let me give you another verse. This is all for the, the building. Second Timothy All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Do you see any encouragement? A lot. No. Verse 7. So, profitable for doctrine, for what? Go back to 16. Doctrine for reproof, for correction. Let's look at it in NLT. It's, it's, it's very important. What do you think? Very important. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. How many have seen encouragement and all this fancy stuff? Verse 17. It doesn't mean you should be encouraged, but I, I don't, I, I, it's what I say doesn't count. It's what the Bible says. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, one more and then we'll just continue. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's start from 20 to 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So, knowing this, so, so I, I want us to understand, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Apostle John said, oh, you know what? Let me interpret it this way. This is my own understanding. No, 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 no. It came directly to explain. And also, Apostle Paul, one thing he did that was really good was, this is from me, not from the Lord. He sometimes said that. So anytime he's, he wrote an epistle, it was directed from God. Peter said that uh, the, 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 the word of God, Apostle Paul's letters with the word of God are scriptures. So authenticating Apostle Paul. So Apostle Paul, many times you, you write, and then there are times that you say, this is not from me, from the Lord, but it is what I think. So it shows how very authentic he is. So I, this is what I think. It's not from God, but this is what I'm thinking. But some people will say, this is the God, God said. Meanwhile, God didn't say Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's why the word of God is God himself. How to develop your spirit. Number one. The first key to developing the human spirit is the word of God. 1 Peter 2.2. 2. We all heard it. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. Now that word desire is very important. Why do many Christians, don't not, why do many Christians not grow? The Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. The word desire is ipo. And that word means to long for, strain after, desire greatly, have affection for. So what the Bible is saying is that as newborn babes, desire sincerely, long for, strain after, desire greatly, have affection for the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And that word grow, it means in the Greek is to make, to grow, cause to increase, become greater, become greater in size, non-stop progress and development. 
So as newborn babes desire, because ladies and gentlemen, the way the whole situation is, if you don't desire the word, you will not read it. If you and I don't desire the word of God, because the world is such that it's hard to read the Bible. TV, is that correct? We are acknowledging that. It's hard. At least I say it's hard. It's hard to read the Bible. Hard does not mean that you don't read it. You, you, you just have to force yourself and read it. Like King David, King David was both, both spiritual and religious. As was Jesus' custom, as was his routine, he went to the synagogue. So in the same way, you and I, as a routine, church must be a routine, which of course, those here are doing that. But as a, a routine, the word of God must be a routine. It must be a routine. I don't feel like it, but I have to. I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. It's not, I don't feel like it. Unless I'm the only one who doesn't feel like reading the Bible all the time. But as soon as I I open it and I start to dig into it, I don't want to stop. But the starting point. So you have to be both religious and spiritual. Religious in the sense that you you are doing it as a routine. And spiritual in the sense that you are doing it for God and for your spiritual growth. What do you think? Look at Exodus 34, 1 to 3. If you don't desire it, it won't work. If you don't desire it, it won't work. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. And the Lord said unto Moses, Heal thee two tables or tablets of stone like unto the first. Because Moses was angry and threw it down on the floor when the people had the golden calf and all that. So... God said, okay, I'm coming and let me write it again. And I will write upon these tablets the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. And be ready to in the morning and come in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor the heads feed before that mount. So there are times that it says that it was written by angels. It was written by the hand of the Lord. But there's no problem with that because it happened twice. Hallelujah. Now, a, 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 a quiet time of Bible study and prayer is the most consistent way to feed our spirits. A consistent, quiet time. A, con- it's a, a quiet time of Bible study and prayer is the most consistent way to feed my spirit and your spirit. It's very, very important. Is everything okay? Very, very, very important. We need to know God for ourselves. The Bible says that, and there was a certain king who uh, broke the the high places and and served God the days of his pastor. When the pastor died, he turned away from God. Happened to a couple of them. Because they didn't know God. The God of pastor what? The God of bishop what? The God of reverend what? 
rather my God, the God I know, who is the same God as pastor this or reverend this or bishop this. That's the difference. The God I serve. And if the sons of Sceva knew that, they would have be, it would have been different for them. They saw Paul and Peter casting out devils. Then they said, as soon as they use Jesus' name, it works. It's like magic. So let me cast out the devil from this guy. I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ of whom Paul preaches. That's not, I don't know God for myself. I don't know Jesus for myself. But Paul knows him and Paul uses the name. So I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ of whom Paul preaches. The demon turned and said, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? The way the demon whipped the, the sons of Sceva. Hmm. So you will have strength in battle and know God when you are rich in the word. Daniel 11.32. We talked about it, so I'll just quote it and I'll move on. Daniel 11.32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But you know God through the word. You know God by hearing from him. The more you hear from someone, the more you know them. The more you speak to someone, the more you know them. So we know God by communicating with him and by reading his word. Very, very important. Then another way of uh, another good way of taking in the word of God is by listening to messages, preaching messages. God has given pastors and teachers all over the world to perfect the saints. So it's very important, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because you have the whole word of God. That's the logos. That is the whole well of water. As an example, the logos, which is Jesus Christ. He's the complete word of God. And of course, even the Bible says that if we were to write all the things he did, even the whole world would not be able to contain the books. So there were many other things Jesus did which were not written. But all that was written was sufficient for our salvation. So the Logos is everything that the word of God can ever mean. Amen? The rhema is a part of the word of God, which is like a bowl, taking a, a bowl of water from the well. That's the rhema. Now the rhema is important for faith because you need to have faith for specific things. I have faith for healing. Then I take the rhema off by his stripes to O glory. By his stripes, we were healed and about healing. I need faith for, for finances. Then I take the rhema from the logos of financial versus on finances. I was talking to my sister. We were talking about how to be rich. Why is it that many Christians, we are paying tithe, we are offering all these things, and we don't see million, millions. So I said, okay, that's, that's a good question. Let me dig into the word and find out. That's when I got all those things that we talked about in those uh, training sessions. And hallelujah. And, and it's, 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 it's overwhelmingly evident without controversy from Genesis to Revelation that there is only one way to be rich and to be favored with God. And that one, 
I think we talked about it. There's one way to be rich, to be blessed in the earth. And it has to do with how you give to poor people. Even Cornelius. Let's look at the verse in Cornelius. It's Acts chapter 10. Your prayers and almsgiving. Alms are giving to the poor. Your prayers and almsgiving. So find it, please. Cornelius. Yeah, I think, okay, Acts 10.1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian, of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. Alms. Look, look, okay, it's okay. Let's look for another, another version so that we, I don't have to explain too much what alms means. And then Dorcas also died, but she was qualified to be raised, raised from the dead because all the widows came crying, showing the tunics and the, the, the clothing she had sold for them. She was giving heavily to the poor. So when, when Peter got there and they saw the dead body, they were all crying, Peter, Peter, this is what she made for me. This is what she did. Yeah. He was a devout man who feared God, the God of Israel, as did his entire household. He gave generously to charity and was a man who re regularly prayed to God. So God said, I can't let this man who has been put genuine for, uh, uh, to me and has been given to the poor, I can't let him not know Jesus. So I'm going to get an angel to do it because he's someone who gives to the poor. But that's not the topic. We'll talk about that soon. So we must... Dig into the word of God. Listen to messages. Listen to preaching. Get the, and, and the podcast is there. We have many messages. There are so many messages that we can listen to. Let's every day, let's get audio Bible on our phones. Get preaching messages. Just go on podcasts. Go on YouTube. Go on Facebook. Click and watch it. And listen. So that we are fed. The more we hear the word, the more we grow. The more we hear the word, the more we grow. We must hear the word on a regular basis. Ezekiel 2, 2 says what? And as he spake unto me, the spirit entered into me. And set me up on my feet. Let's look at it in King James. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. Then go to John 6, 63. For it is the Spirit, Jesus said, and the Spirit, okay, for it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So it is the Spirit that gives life. The word quicken. Until I understood it, I thought it means to be fast, quick. But it means to be made alive. It is the spirit that gives life. Who glory to God. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, no man. So the words I speak is nothing. It will not give any life. Unless it is Jesus' words that he spoke that I speak. In the same way. Phoebe or anyone who speaks those words of Jesus are speaking life. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. So it means that when we listen to the word of God and we say the Bible says this, 
It is giving spirit of God and life. But if I say, you know what? It is good to, to not go on YouTube. It is good to not, it's good. But that's not the life we are talking. That's different from the life that Jesus spoke. But it is important. They are ranked differently. When I quote scripture, it is final. It is authentic. I just don't need to t twist it to suit uh, my needs or to, to, to try to do a good thing or to fight a battle or whatever. Hallelujah. So it is the spirit that quickeneth. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So when we have scripture and I preach and I say John 63 and I, I, I say it, life, spirit, solid, anything else I say that is not quoting, it's still good. It's still helpful because it's back in the word, but it has, it's not the same weight. It cannot be because those are my words in interpretation versus what Jesus said. Clear. So, the more we have verses in preaching, the better. That's why for me, verse, 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 because I, what I say is not too relevant. It is what he says that matters. So, you can put your hands together for the Lord. So, let me say, let me, let him speak more and me speak less. Glory to God. Number three. Another way you can develop or we can develop our spirits is by praying in other tongues. By praying, number one. But what type of prayer? Praying in other tongues. Who glory to God. Every Christian must develop the art of spending hours of prayer to God. Now, there are many good Christians who don't speak in tongues. There are many good Christians who don't speak in tongues. It doesn't mean that they are bad Christians. They, they are more moral than many of the tongue talkers. Many of them will go to heaven first before mean tongue talkers. I don't mean tongue talking is not good. Tongue talking is good, but we shouldn't judge people who are not speaking in tongues, only that they are missing out on a gift. There is a powerful supernatural gift that God has given to us. And those who are not speaking in tongues are missing out on that gift. You have a gift that can boost you. You have a gift that can edify you. You have a, book, a gift that can charge you up. You have a gift that can cause you to speak mysteries. But if you don't use it, it doesn't mean you are not going to heaven. It doesn't mean you are not a good Christian. It just means that you are missing out on that gift. So people who look down on them, we have to live right and do well and love then we can then you can do that but many you understand so so let's not look down on those who don't speak in tongues but encourage them that look don't lose out on the gift what do you think if you're not baptized it doesn't mean you will go to hell but it is a requirement to be baptized immersed in water complete if, if when i'm baptizing and the, there's a small part of the hair is out sorry gotta do it again you are going down again till no part of your body. Because that's how they did it in Bible. So you have to do Bible way. If, uh, uh, as I enter into the water, I'm identified with Jesus Christ's death and burial. Can you see a, a, a burial? When someone is being buried, can you see part of their hand out of the grave? So you have to be buried. So as I enter into the water, I identify with Jesus Christ's death and burial. As I come up out of the water, I identify with his resurrection. I was also baptized when I was a, a, a child. 
in, in the uh, uh, Presbyterian church, but I also was immersed when I, when I gave my life to Christ. Believe and be baptized. But it doesn't mean that if you are not baptized, you go to hell. I don't know how we got there. We're talking about tongue speaking. So tongues is very important. Hallelujah. So tongues or tongues, we grow by the word. The word makes us grow. But tongues or speaking in tongues charges us up, builds us up, and edifies us. We will understand all those words. But every Christian must spend hours praying. So it's very important to pray in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Now, if it's possible, maybe I'll preach another time on prayer and tongues. Then I'll give all the verses in the Bible. I went to do research. Every verse in the Bible that, that has to do with speaking in other tongues, I have it in my, on my phone. I did research, went through all the verses. Hallelujah. So that I, I can be very, I, I understand it. Not just do it, but understand it and then do it. There's, it, 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 it is amazing how people would think that it is not a, a, a good. Tongues is a gift that anyone who wants can have. It is not possible that God will say, no, you are not qualified for it, but you are. No. Every, once you are born again Christian, if you want to speak in other tongues, you can. Based on the verses. Every time someone was saved, I, I, I'm just giving you a, a one a glimpse. Every single time in Acts of the Apostles, anyone was saved. Whether they were sent by the apostles, the James or whatever, or whether it was Peter, whether it was Paul, whoever it was, when they met them and said, are you saved? They said, yes, we are saved. Have you, been, have you received the Holy Ghost? They said, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Ghost to receive. Then they'll pray for them and they'll receive the Holy Ghost. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, how did Peter know that the Gentiles had received Christ and could be saved? What was that identification? The Bible says that Peter, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 onwards, the Bible says Peter was, was explaining to Cornelius' house and all the group. The Bible says, as how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And continue, as, and, and we, we apostles are witnesses of all that he did throughout Israel and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by crucifying him. So he was preaching to the Gentiles. Cornelius house and the Gentiles, but God raised him to life three days later. So then they believed in Christ because condition for believing is that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. So they believed. Let's continue. So the preaching caused them to believe, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen beforehand to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is ordained of God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. He is the one of all the, the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as glory, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Ghost fell on them. This is not King Jesus. Otherwise, when I say Holy Ghost, but it's okay. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the message. 
Let's watch and see what was the distinguishing feature. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured upon the Gentiles too. Continue. And there could be no doubt about it, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. That's it. Then what did Peter say? Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Ghost just as we did? That was the evidence. Then anytime they go somewhere, then they'll ask, have you been uh, uh, baptized? They'll say, which baptism? We're baptized with the baptism of John. No, 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 no. Then they expanded it further to explain that, no, you need to believe in Jesus. And they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Or throughout. 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 But there's more. I have all the verses. But I'm just giving this a glimpse. Now, let's look at what Jesus said. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody here. Let's look at Mark chapter six, the last verse of Mark. Let the la, Mark sixteen, fourteen. Let's look at Mark sixteen fourteen and let's find it. Wow, already eight forty three. <laughs> Afterward, he appeared to, unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. He didn't say he that believeth not and is not baptized. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Glory. Oh, Some people will say different languages and they will use the example of Acts chapter 2, how people were speaking in the, uh, the tongues of the Medes, the Persians. There is no explanation for all that. And then there's a verse that says, do all speak with tongues? There's a very simple explanation for that. Hallelujah. We'll talk about, there's a lot to talk about in it. There's a very simple explanation for why Apostle Paul, some people say, but the Bible says that do all speak with tongues? Apostle Paul said, forbid those who speak with other tongues unless they interpret. It's very easy. There's the ministry gift. There's the tongues and interpretation equals to prophecy. And there is the gift of speaking in other tongues. Two separate things, which we'll discuss later on. That's not what we're talking about now. Glory to God. Acts chapter, two, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Speaking in tongues is a good thing. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, who suddenly, there came a sound. So in those days, the Holy Spirit came upon a few, anointed, came upon Samson, came upon Elijah, came upon people, David, hallelujah. But he was not on earth in terms of a ministry. Where? Because Jesus Christ came and did his ministry on earth. He left, he brought the Holy Spirit to continue the ministry and the Holy Spirit to live with the church. So Jesus Christ came, came to build his church and then left the church with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is looking after the church and the Holy Spirit will take the church back. Oh, hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. And suddenly there came. So, so until this time, the Holy Spirit was among a few people and was not in people, but upon even though the Bible says the spirit of the God is in Daniel. It's talking about upon Daniel, is with Daniel. 
But after Christ came and died, the Holy Spirit was promised. So Jesus said, wait and tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. Then you'll be endued with power from on high. Then, so they went to the upper room and were waiting for the first time the Holy Spirit will come to perform his ministry. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all glory. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Anytime we are praying for people to receive tongues, I let them understand that. What does this verse say? This verse says that <clears throat> the utterance came from the Holy Spirit. Some people are like, okay, I have to think about it. I have to know what I'm about to say. You will never get it because it's not a mind thing. The Spirit is the one who is giving the utterance from the heart. So when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just speaking because the utterance is not mine. It's the Holy Spirit giving me the utterance. NLT says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Look at it in ESV. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at it in NESV. You see it's the same King James, ESV, NESV. NESV, please. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Hallelujah. How many of you get what I'm saying? So tongues. Now, Jude 1.20 then there are different aspects of it. Let's start. I'll start it, define it, and we'll continue next week, God willing. Jude 20 or Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, who glory. How do we get to amplify it? But ye, beloved, King James, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves, who glory to God, Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, like I said, to build up is in the Greek word, it means epoi kodomiho. That's the Greek word for build up. Hey, we are learning Greek here. It means to build upon, build a foundation, intensify, build up. So the Bible is saying you and I, when we pray in tongues, we are building our spirits. That's different from growing. There's a difference between your spirit growing. You can have a child. You can have someone that is, come. And you come. Okay, I guess the three come. Oh, come quickly. There is 49. I have to go. Now, you can have someone like her, someone like you, someone like you. You guys, you can have a big man, strong man. You know that you can be skilled enough that you can beat him. 
someone who is big, bigger than me, you can use skill to beat him. Or you, can, you, you, or, or you can have so much muscle or so much strength inside you by exercise that you can beat a, a grown man. Do you agree? Imagine exercising, learning how to fight, exercising. At this age, you will have enough strength. Why am I saying it? But they have not grown to maturity yet. She has not grown to maturity yet. Nevertheless, she can be strong. So in the same way, when we read the word, we grow. When we pray, we are strengthened. We are built up. We, 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 we are building ourselves. We are building ourselves. And when I say ourselves, not the body, but the spirit. But I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Our spirits are built up. Thank you. Our spirits are built up when we pray in tongues. The next one is edify. We'll talk about that tomorrow, next week, God willing. But I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it is in our interest to be built up. When you are built up, it's like building something strong, building a foundation, building a foundation, building a house. That's what happens when we pray in tongues. I'm building myself up. Not the body, but the spirit. I'm building myself up. Hallelujah. What do you think? Very, very important. So, ladies and gentlemen, praying in other tongues is a very important key. And many Christians have this tool or key that makes it easier to pray. When you are praying in tongues, it's easier to pray. Because your mind is unfruitful. The mind is unfruitful. That's why when I'm praying in tongues, I'm reading the Bible and reading books. When I'm praying in tongues, I don't just pray in tongues and sit. I have to do a spiritual thing because so far as I'm concerned, the mind is unfruitful. But I can still... Be, be praying and focusing on the topic I'm praying about. But at the end of the day, sometimes God can just guide the prayer based on what I say. If I'm saying, let's pray for increase, or let's pray for this person who's in trouble, and we are praying in tongues, God can guide the tongues there. But God is also praying and speaking mysteries that we don't even know that are beneficial to us as we are also praying. So, we are, so, so maybe you are praying for someone's uh, 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 job. But there is an urgent need and someone is about to die. So the Holy Spirit will, will pray, just say one or two things about their job and focus all the prayer on the person who is about to die and being rescued. Meanwhile, we finish praying on, 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 on the person's job. Or we are praying on increase. We spend an hour praying on increase, but God is actually praying. The Holy Spirit is helping us to pray about something totally different. Because he's, asking, he's helping us to pray mysteries and solutions about things that you and I don't understand. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Now, to show that the languages and the tongues are different. Look, look at 1 Corinthians 14. Let's start from 1. We are about to finish. I, 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 this is just... Uh, for if I pray... Uh, okay, two. Verse two, please. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now, this is very important. 
But some people say that speaking in tongues is speaking in someone's language, an earthly language. But yet this verse is saying that no man or human being understands it. I don't know if you are hearing what I'm talking about. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 13, verse 1. For though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels... So there are tongues of men, tongues of angels. So we must not just take what some of the people say and say that tongues might be a different language, but it's not a heavenly language that we should pray. Many people have so many theories, but let's be simple with the word. The word works. I said what? The word works. So let's pray in other tongues and speak mysteries, speak solutions, and God will bless us. Shall we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. And let's speak to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's speak to Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Speak to Jesus. Let's speak to him and ask him to build you up. You can pray in the mic. Build you up. Let's pray that God builds us up spiritually, that we grow spiritually. Oh, speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Speak to Him. Oh, Mashande Rosatana Mana Mana Mande Oh, yes. Help us to be strong in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Help us to be strong in the spirit. Oh, I give you praise. We give you today, you do not know whether you go to heaven or hell. You know in your heart that you are far away from God. Jesus Christ is calling you. Jesus Christ is calling you and says, come. And the Spirit says, come. Come to Jesus and God will save you. God will turn your life around and give you a better reason for life. If you want Jesus, then I want you to repeat after me, including all of us. Heavenly Father, 
I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We may take our seats. <clears throat> it's now offering time, which means blessing time. Offering time? Blessing time. Offering time? Blessing time. Amen. Let's take out a good offering. To honor the Lord. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Then your bank account, your bands, I mean, plenty, plenty, plenty. Honor the Lord with your substance. So let's honor him today with our substance. Shall we raise our offering? If you can give text to give, you can give cash or, uh, or check whatever you want to give to glorify the Lord. Shall we pray? Father God, bless our offering and our tithe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, whatever. Shake it together and run over and give and it will come back to you. you all of you who joined us on social media online to the online viewers we want to say god bless you god keep you and until we meet again after this time god bless you and shalom